Our religious group is much the same. Because we know what the Word of God says. We're not oblivious to what the Bible teaches. But we pick and choose out of the Bible things that we want to believe in. And therefore, we fight against God. Consider this. You fight against God with how you handle sin. You harbor sin at times. You try to step around sin and maintain it and say, if nobody knows it, I'm okay. If anybody, if anybody looks at me, they see me go to church and I'm okay. But you harbor sin in your secret place. You've all heard me sing the song, Search Me, O God. And that's true. We all need to search ourselves to determine what's going on within me because if we don't, we are fighting against God. Gamaliel said happily, don't touch thee unless you fight against God. Now in our modern day world today, we believe that God for some reason determined to do everything he did because of you and me. And we know that's not so. God did what he did because Satan had to be defeated. Calvary and the cross had to happen because Satan had to be defeated. In the process, man was able to come to God by the grace and the blood and be reconnected to God. Now, as we live for him, however... If we continue to sin and crucify Christ over and over and over and over again, we are fighting against God. How can we do that? Well, we fight against God in many ways. Sin is only one way. Sin is only one way that we fight against God. We fight against God with doctrine. We fight against God by not believing in the Holy Spirit. We fight against God by not following His commands. Now, there are some churches that are going to tell us that God only left two commands, and that command is to be baptized in water, and that command is the Lord's Supper. My friend, in case you haven't read the entire Word of God, the Bible said, He, after that He had gone away, Acts 1 and 2, gave command to the apostles. Now, wait a minute. That would look like this baptism of the Holy Spirit thing was only spoken to the apostle. But whenever we look through this, if we quit fighting God, we will come to the conclusion that it went beyond them into the house of Cornelius. Then it went beyond them into the apostles or the disciples of John the Baptist. This was not something that was just given to the apostles as a command, but we fight God. We love this idea of being able to have our own plan, our own idea, our own mechanism, our own comfort zone. Never understanding that there is but one comfort zone. Where is that? It is in the words of Jesus Christ. What was it, Pastor? In John 14, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you, but we fight God to the extent that we absolutely say no to his comfort. We say no to him coming to us. We are fighting God and we don't even know it. 
We are fighting God with a righteous indignation. We are fighting God because we say we read it and we see it better than you through your spirit can teach it to us. Think about that. What a sad circumstance that we get into. So Stephen is staying here. Now watch what happens. He says, here is all the work of the Holy Ghost. But you are so stiff-necked, you don't want to hear it. You are so into yourself that you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear the preacher identify your sin. You don't want to hear the preacher say, you need to come away from the actions that happened at the cross, and you need to move into the rest of Jesus Christ. You don't want to hear the preacher say, all of the things concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit that Paul spent half of the book of Acts about Paul's ministry. Then he went into Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, all Galatians, over into the first, second Timothy, first, second Thessalonians, into Hebrews, all Paul teaching on one issue that is the work of the Holy Spirit as it coordinates with the work of Jesus Christ. We don't want to hear that. Why? Because that would put us into a spiritual mindset that we frankly do not want to go. What we want to do is, is we want to go to heaven. That's, a, that's, that's all that we think this spiritual life is about, is that one glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away and we'll all just float around up there with Jesus somewhere. That's all people think about. I just don't want to go, or, or they look at it from the I just don't want to go to hell perspective. That's, what we, that's how we live our Christian life. We never realize that in Jesus Christ, the mechanism to be and live this human life, this human side, is given to you and me to prosper. It's given to you and me to walk in the advantage of the Holy Spirit. It's given to you and me so that we can navigate this world and be more than an overcomer because of Christ Jesus. And we refuse that. We fight God. Now I'm sitting here looking at you and you're looking at me and, and you are saying to yourself, I know you're right. Same thing goes for you. But in your deepest recesses of your heart, you ask yourself the question, how bad is that? How bad is what I'm hiding in here? How bad is it, really? And then you have to reconcile yourself to the fact that if you're harboring something in your heart, you're not fighting against me because you probably could win. Why? Because I don't know what's in your heart. So you're not fighting against me. You're not fighting against my preaching. You're not fighting against me. Those of you that absolutely dig your feet in whenever the Holy Spirit manifests himself, you're not fighting against me. You're not fighting against anything that has to do with me. You're not questioning me. Now I want you to hear what I'm about to say. You're not questioning me. You are not saying to me, Mike, you are wrong. You're not questioning me. You're questioning God. 
Now, I want you to consider that. You're questioning God, the judgment of the wisdom of God that Paul said came to you in wisdom and knowledge and revelation. You're questioning the wisdom of God. Why would God bring about the Holy Spirit and cause Jesus to send what he referred to as the promise of the Father? Why? Why? Because he knew that you would need him to navigate this earth and you would need the advantage that comes from him so that as you walked in him, you would be able to navigate and circumvent a world with the heavenly advantage operating in you, through you, on you, and upon you. You're not questioning whether I can give you the advantage because I cannot. You are questioning whether God can give you the advantage. Think about that. When you deny that, when you come in here and you sit down and you say, well, bless God, I don't feel like it today. I just, I got so many things burdening me down. I just don't feel like it today. I really don't want to stand up and raise my hands. I don't feel like singing. It's been a hard week. Does anybody know how hard my week has been? Let me tell you, you're not, I'm not questioning that. I'm questioning whether you are willing to worship God or are you going to fight God? The relief of your life, my friend, is not in how hard your life is. The relief of your life is whether you are willing to step out of your human side and get over into your spirit side. Stop fighting God. Release that. Relieve it. Leave it behind. Walk away from it. Step over it and go on and begin to operate in the spirit of God. That's what this life is all about. And if you're not doing that, then you are not questioning me. You're questioning God. You're saying, God, today you're not big enough for me. Now, I want you to consider that. Today, you're not big enough for my troubles. Today, you're not big enough for this hard life I'm living. Today, you're not big enough, so I'm going to just sit down, and I'll let everybody else do it, and I won't do anything. I, I'm, I'm questioning you today, God. Are you big enough? Now, here's what happens. Then you sit there and you say, Now, if he or she can move me, then I'll come on over into it. If they can move me, then I'll come on over into it. Fighting God. Fighting God. This week I did a podcast on worship. And this is what I said about worship. I said worship should never be done in a dark building. That's good. But worship should never be done in a place that prior to worship is a social hall. Huh? Worship should never be done in a place that prior to worship is nothing more than a social hall. What do I mean? It's not a place where we come and gather and we chitty chat and we talk about what went on at the grocery store and we talk about what went on on the job and we talk about the kids and then all of a sudden we begin to play some music and we say, oh, no more social time. Let's go to what happens. We sit down. We close our mouth. Our minds are no more on God than they're on being a Chinese navigator. Why? Because we spend all of our prep time doing something else 
talking about something else, thinking on something else. Do you know that in the tabernacle, in the, in the, in the desert, whenever they entered into the holy place, there was nobody in there but those that were prepared to be there. If you don't come in prepared, then you're fighting God. You're not fighting me and you're not fighting her. You're fighting God. You are standing up to say, God, I don't need any preparation. God, I don't need any prayer. God, I don't need this. Or God, I don't need that. Now, Al said to me this morning, I want to give you some quiet time. Hey, Mike and Mike don't need no quiet time. Mike and Mike don't need no more quiet time. Why? Because Mike and Mike spent Monday through Saturday with God. So when I come into the house of God, I'm sitting already. I'm ready for you to push the button. And Juliana has said to me many times, blah, 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 blah. That's what I hear her say. Blah, 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 blah. And I say to her, Juliana, you know what I'm ready to do? Preach. That's all I'm ready to do. I'm ready to preach. Why? Because I have done what it is I needed to do all week long to walk into the sanctuary washed and covered. And when I look in the laver, who do I see? Me. No, I don't see me. I see Jesus. Why do I see Jesus? Because I've been with him all week long. I've walked with him all week long. I've talked with him all week long. I've lived with him. I've gotten up with him. I've gone to bed with him. I've gone to work with him. I've played golf with him. I've ridden in the cart with him. I ain't fighting God. I'm walking with God. I've laid down the lust and the affections of this life, and I'm living with Jesus and he's living with me. Glory to God. We come into the house of God with so many other things on our mind. It's a shame. It's a shame. And we can't figure out why it is the preacher always seems to be the one that walks under the spout of the oil of the anointing. I figured up this morning, I preach four times a week minimum. Four times a week minimum. Four times a week minimum. Sometimes five, sometimes six. Where do you do that, Pastor? I sit right at my desk. I open up the podcast and I begin to share the Word of God to a lost and dying world. Who's listening? Don't know. Don't care. If somebody listens, they will get a message that comes from the very throne of Almighty God. Why? Because I ain't fighting God. I ain't working against God. I ain't thinking about working against God. I ain't thinking about sin. I ain't going in there. I am walking in the presence of Jesus Christ every day. Now, Stephen was in the same boat. Stephen was a man who was walking in the presence of God. And as he began to preach to them, this is what happened. They got mad. They got mad. There have been people that came into this church that don't come into this church anymore. Why? Because they got mad. They think they're fighting me. They think they're fighting her. They say, well, we don't worship the way you worship. Well, you ought to go and study worship. That's what you ought to do. You ought not to look at me and say, Pastor, we just don't do it that way. Well, don't, don't, you don't, don't, don't worry about me. Go study the Word of God. David said, I will enter his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with praise. 
Hallelujah. David's wife got mad at him one time after he came back from a battle when he tore off his clothes and the Bible said he danced before the Lord. Hallelujah. You need to study worship. Worship is not a place nor a time for you to sit on your hands to a God that has given you everything that you possess. It is not a moment in time for you to fight back against the hard week you've had. It is not a time for you to just say, God, if you can move me. Why? Because you want to fight God. You want to fight God. Now, Stephen was there preaching to them truth. He was preaching to them truth. The religious didn't want to hear it. The religious in our community don't want to hear it either. Now nah, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear truth. They don't want to be moved by truth. They want to go to their place, their social club, and they want to sing their songs, get up, go home, and then live in a world that's full of hell. Live in a world full of hell. I looked around this week, and I realized something about our society. Our society is doing nothing more than what the church has taught. Huh? Our society is doing nothing more than what the church has taught. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because of the message that we've taught concerning irresistible grace. Irresistible grace. What is irresistible grace? It's the message of election and predestination. What did that message turn into? Once in grace, always in grace. Now what is the world, what has the devil done with that? The devil has picked up that message of irresistible grace and he said there are two sides to the narrative. Either you're on our side or their side. If you are destined to be on our side, then you're going to go along with us and you're going to go along with us all the way. And if you're on the other side, then we, we are going to, what's that big word today? Cancel you. Where did they get that idea? Where did the devil get that idea from? Irresistible grace. Election and predestination. If you're not elected and predestined to be a part of our narrative, then you are absolutely on the outside. Now, that's what's happening in our world today. Where did it come from? Because of the church. How did it get there? Because the church fought God. The church simply fought God. Stephen stands up and says, Now, here is all the things the Holy Ghost has done. And the Bible said it cut him to the heart. Then in Acts chapter 5, we saw Peter and John and all of the apostles coming back where the Bible said that they had done signs and wonders in the minds of people. And all of the people were amazed. And they watched and they brought people and laid them by the road so that Peter's shadow could cross over what happened. The religious went on about fighting God. They didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to see it. And the Bible said it cut them to the heart. Gamaliel stands up and says, now listen, men, if this is nothing, it will come to an end. If it's not, then you will be fighting a God. Well, I want to ask you a question. Has the movement of the Holy Ghost ever stopped? Has the ministry of the Holy Spirit ever stopped? Has the Word of God ever shut down? No. Because the word of God said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He ain't changing. He's not going to do anything differently. So Gamaliel, one of the most learned men of his age, was very clear. 
And he was very correct because this message has never stopped. But the problem is we fight God today just as significantly, just as overtly, just as blatantly as they fought the apostles and the disciples in Acts chapter 5 and stoned Stephen to death for what Stephen taught. Fighting God, fighting God. That's significant, my friends, because if you'll take inventory of yourself and you will think through your life, your process, how you're living, what you're doing, where you're going, what you're talking, what you're engaging in, you will also find out what you are entangled in and what you are entrapped in. You see? Once you figure out what you're engaged in, then you will also figure out what is ensnaring you, what is entrapping you, what is entangling you. Now, I choose to find out that I'm being entrapped and entangled by the Word of God. I choose to find out that I'm living in knowledge and revelation. I'm living in wisdom. I'm walking after the Spirit of God. I'm not ensnared in sin. I'm not trying to be entrapped there. I'm laying aside every weight of sin that does so easily beset me. Why? So that I will not be found as one who fights God. So that I will not be found as one whom the Holy Spirit is convicting and convincing, reproving, and I'm saying, no, no. I don't believe that. I don't walk that way. I don't want to be that. That is not who I am. That is not how I was taught. I do not see the Word of God in that vein, and therefore, I'm not going there, and you are fighting God. You are fighting God. How do I know it? Well, all you got to do is read the Word. Because you just came in and said, you're going to be endued with the power that comes from on high. You're going to be endued with that power that comes from on high, and it is going to take you into every region of the world. You're going to be endued with a power that comes from on high, so you will be able to teach men to do and observe the things that I have commanded to you. Now watch. And lo, and lo, I said, and lo, I am with you always. Now wait a minute. When did he first say that? When did he first bring that up? Now, might I tell you what I told the Bible study the other night? Here is truth, my friend. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was brought into Scripture before the new birth was. You hear what I said? In John chapter 1, John the Baptist said, There's one who's not, whose shoes I'm not worthy to latch. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That was brought into activity in the, the gospel. And then along came John chapter 3. When Jesus met with Nicodemus and Nicodemus asked him questions and Jesus said, What? You must be born again. And it was from there that John 3.16 was born. And from there, coming out of condemnation was brought about. And from there, the condemnation of the lost was brought about. But before all of it, the baptism of the Holy Ghost was brought into view. Why? Why? Because Jesus was a man 
who walked in the Spirit of God. But yet, we will look at it and dig in our heels and say, no, 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 no. No, 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 I don't believe it. No, 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 my church don't teach it. No, 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 our doctrine. I, I heard one Baptist guy that is a worldwide radio speaker say the baptism of the Holy Ghost was demonic. Now, how stupid can one be? All you have to do is read the Word of God. The Word of God is very clear. The commandments of Jesus Christ to do and to observe that would bring Him to be with you always. Then we go over into John chapter 14 and we find how He's going to be with us always. We find how we are going to pray. We find out how we're going to have answered prayer. We find out who is going to pray for us in the heavenly domain. All of it has to do with the teaching of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Every bit of it, every ounce of it, every inch of it. So if he's going to be with me always, the only way he's going to be able to do that is if the Holy Spirit is operating in us. I will not leave you comfortless. But we fight God. But we fight God. But we walk against God. But we teach against God. Thereby we remand ourselves to mercy and we remand ourselves to grace. And we remand ourselves to things that Jesus Christ has already done for us in the cross. He's already fixed that in the cross. He's already preserved your spirit. He's already been delivered from hell. Then he became your high priest. That high priest would give you access into the throne of God boldly. Now, what, why is that significant? Because as your high priest, he has made a way for you to come in the Spirit as his brother. That's what Hebrews chapter 2 says. He's not ashamed to call you his brother unless we fight God. Unless you're willing to stand up and fight God. So where are you today? Where are you today? Are you fighting God? What are you fighting God about? What are you fighting? What are you willing to stand in the face of God and say, no, no, I ain't doing that. Not going to keep that. That's better than you. That means more to me than you. That mannerism, that doctrine, that style of worship, that means more to me than you do. What is it? What is it? Let me tell you another thing you fight God over. You fight God over how you raise your kids. You fight God over how you do your marriage. You fight God over how you handle your money. You fight God over how you do your employment. Yeah, you fight God over that. It ain't, it, ain't, it ain't pretty for you to look at. It ain't pretty for you to look at. You know why I know? Because it wasn't pretty for God to look at when Adam fell. He said, Adam, where are you? 
and what have you done? It wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty, my friends. He said, Adam, this is me. How could you? How could you? With all that I've given you, how could you? However, until we come to the place where we're willing to stop fighting God, I don't know your issue because I don't know your heart. But I know the song. Search me, O God. Unload my heart today. Some of you need to do that. Try me, O Savior. Cleanse my thoughts, I pray, and see if there be, now listen, some wicked way in me. And try, cleanse me from every stain and make me free. Now that's what you really want. That's what you're really looking for. That's what every man, woman, boy and girl is looking for is freedom that's why when Jesus came in the spirit he said if you're poor broken bruised blind or in bondage today is your acceptable day of the Lord today is your acceptable day of the Lord and then you'll sing rejoice you're a child of the King. You won't be able to sing that until you stop fighting God. You'll mouth the words, but they won't mean anything. Rejoice. You're a child of the King. Rejoice. You're a child of the King. Lift your hands up high and rejoice. You're a child of the King. Can't sing that if you're fighting God. Bow your head and close your eyes. So what's going to be your song today that you're going to enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise? What's going to be your song? Cleanse me or rejoice? Purge me or rejoice? Don't fight God any longer. Don't fight God with secret things. Don't fight God with overt things. Don't fight God against His own word. Don't fight God against what He has spoken as truth in the Word of God. Don't fight Him. Your goal is to live in rejoicing. Your goal is to live with Him as your comforter. Your goal is to live with Him walking and talking with you. Your goal is to live with Him in the garden alone. And to go day by day by day by day where you know that you know that you know 
that every step you take, He's walking with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And you will never do anything to have Him look at you and say, Oh, Mike, what have you done? What have you done? So as you bow your head and close your eyes, here's what I want you to do. I want those of you that are listening with me on podcast, YouTube, Lift Him Higher Radio, or Mike Springston, uh, uh, or Family Fellowship Chapel, bow your head right where you are. And say, Father, I know that in me I see. And if I see it, I am open and naked to you, and you see it too. So, I see I'm hiding. I don't want to hide anymore. I want to walk in newness and freshness. I want you to come in and change my mind. Transform it until I'm no longer conformed to the things of the world. Therefore, I do not fight you. I'm no longer conformed to the old way of thinking. Therefore, I don't fight you. I'm no longer so entrenched in how I feel about my job, my husband, my kids, my uh, money. I'm no longer so deeply entrenched in that that I'm fighting you. I'm, I'm willing to lay myself before you and say, Father, forgive me and cleanse me because I want to walk with you. I want to yield myself. I want to sanctify myself. And I want to surrender myself. So that I can be engaged with you. And never be ensnared and entrapped. By my human side. Pray it now. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my thoughts. Forgive me my actions. Forgive me, God. Forgive me now. Because I just don't want to fight against you. Fighting against you has not worked out well for me. Just hasn't. So I repent. And I will walk in the newness of life. Now watch it here while you pray. And I will follow that newness wherever it leads me. I will follow truth wherever it leads me. I will not presuppose and predispose myself to the truth of which I choose to follow and the ones I choose to discard. I will follow truth wherever it leads me. My first truth is that as I evaluate myself, I know this in me must be fixed. It must be changed because it is the part of me that conforms to this world and I do not want it. I reject it. In its place, I accept forgiveness. I accept transformation. I accept the grace and the blood that is forming in me now to replace that old person, that old human side. I accept it. 
By faith, I grab it. By faith, I take it. By faith, I allow it to bring out of me newness into the image of your dear son. By faith, I take it. The chains fall off. The trash falls off. The acceptable year of the Lord becomes you. Stand with me. Sing this song. Cut that music for me, would you, Jesse, while we can sing this song? How do you know it? Rejoice, I'm a child of the King. Rejoice, I'm a child of the King. Rejoice, I'm a child of the King. Lift my hands up high and rejoice, I'm a child of the King. Rejoice, you're a child of the King. Rejoice. You're a child of the King. Rejoice, you're a child of the King. Lift your hands up high and rejoice. You're a child of the King. Look at that. Amen. That's who you are today. In order to get there, though, you must not fight God. You must not fight God. Because the devil will do exactly as a cataract does to your eye. He will cover that eye and it won't look bad. And time will go on and he'll cover that eye a little more and it won't look bad. And time will go on and he'll cover that eye a little more and the next thing you know, everything will start looking kind of fuzzy. That's how the devil does in your spirit life. He literally covers your spirit, man, as if it were a cataract. And the next thing you know, you have removed yourself from God. You've removed yourself from it. And you turn around and say, how did I get here? How did I get here? How did I get here? Because all the while, the devil was covering over your sin. And you were walking in it and staying in it. You weren't recognizing it. But you were fighting against God. Don't do that. He loves you, my friends. And the blood has been made. For you to not only live in the Spirit, but walk in the Spirit. My friends on our media outreach, if you don't know Jesus today, it's very simple. Simply say, Father, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I will take you into my heart, let you cleanse me and purge me. Let you transform me and let you be my Lord. And when you do that, get yourself into a church. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church that will teach you the precepts and the ways of God. And as you do, don't fight God in the process. Lay down the things. Lay down such earthly things. It might be for you drinking or drugs or smoking or drinking or swearing. Now someone said, Pastor, these are all offshoots. Well... They are all mechanisms 
that man uses out of the flesh that cause him to fight against God. Every one of them. Every one of them. It's not rules and regulations. It's simply, I don't want to fight against God. So I lay down the things of the earth. And as I lay them down, I allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to transform me until I'm no longer conformed to look like everybody else. You can do it. You can do it. Father, I pray that you bless these that are listening. Heal those that need healing and minister into their lives. May we stop fighting God. And may you grow big in us until we can become the image of your dear Son. In Jesus' name. God bless you today as you go. Be safe and be blessed by the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen.